Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bare Necessities podcast. Uh, we're happy to be back with you guys. I think we're finally getting some of our technical issues resolved. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but we've recorded a, pa- a couple podcasts in the past, and uh, the mic issues uh, are, are continuing to continue, I guess. Uh, well <laughs> said. Havoc. Well said. Yeah, wreak havoc on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> our our podcast is like the Bears offensive line and, and the mic is like the commander's defensive line, if you will. Um, <laughs> timely right. reference, timely reference. Uh, but anyways, guys, we're happy to be back with you. We are sorry that we haven't been able to be with you guys as much as we'd like to. We're hope- We're going to pick that up very shortly, though, especially if things keep going well with these issues. Uh, but Reese, how, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, just been working and all that. And uh, of course, you know, looking at the Bears football, you know, trade rumors. And uh, it's definitely an exciting part of the NFL season. I know ever since they pushed the trade deadline back, it was like finally because the NFL always needed a good trade deadline. And I think now that it's later in the season, um, definitely adds a little bit of spice to it since you can kind of shake out who the real contenders are, or, or maybe some of the pretenders, but you know, teams that still think they need that extra player to, to be a real contender. So man, we're, yeah, we're definitely starting to get a good read on some of these teams and it's not just the first couple of weeks anymore. And, uh, yeah, when you look at that from a bears context, it's been uh, a little sad, you know, some might say depressing, but you know, you, you got to keep yourself grounded. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I even would like it to be back a little bit further. I still think it kind of sneaks up on you pretty quick. Um, you know, I I, I kind of like the idea of like a you know two thirds through the season, halfway through the season trade deadline, um, just you know enough to let teams know where they're at. Even though I think that things are starting to shake out, we kind of understand it. Um, but at at the same time, it is good because you don't also want the thing that sucks with trades is like they kind of are terrible from a player perspective because you don't get to really choose where you go unless you're really good. Uh, and when you do get traded, you put your future in the hands of a completely different franchise that you don't even know. Right. So it, it it's, yeah. not, it's not good for the players, but for the fans, for the teams, it, it's, it is fun to watch. Um, man, it's, it's been a bad season, man. It's, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a painful season. I mean, I, I, knew the bears were going to be bad. Um, but I'm not sure that I thought they were going to be put up seven points against the commanders at home on Thursday night football bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Prime time has been a, a bit of a train wreck so far this season. And it's just unfortunate. <laughs> the bears, at least in recent memory, don't have always the best showings on, on prime time. And I, I think that it really just, the big thing for me is just like nothing on the team like seems to be like coalescing, you know. I think, you know, even the tweet that Kurt Warner had, you know, pretty soon after the game um, was basically that, you know, if it's not something going wrong at the QB position, it's something going wrong on the offensive line or the receivers aren't getting open. So nothing's just really quite meshing. And it's frustrating because you do see the bright spots. I mean, this past game, um, the game against the commanders. I mean, how do you get down to the, to the goal line yep. like two times in the first half and not punch it in, punch yep. it in once, you know, and then ultimately the game ended on a, on a goal line, which, you know, there were a couple maybe controversial things there, you know, you can argue the PI should have been called. And obviously <laughs> I don't think the bears did terrible on that last drive, but it just ended unfortunately. And it's just 
things are not syncing up the way that they should be um, this far into the season. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I think there's a real key answer to how to win that game. And it's just don't only score seven points on the Washington commanders through the first three quarters of the game. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you good, maybe a good idea. I, maybe I should uh, send Getsy a strongly worded letter and let him know that, hey, that's not typically how you win a football game. You actually have to score more points than the opposing team to win the game. Um, but at this <laughs> point, like we saw these red zone issues with Nagy. We see him again here with Getsy. We've seen it a couple times this season. You know, they kind of come and go. I just think it's a personnel thing, honestly, because like Cole Komet can't catch a touchdown to save his life. Darnell Mooney isn't really a red zone threat. And I, I truly believe that this Bears team is better at scoring touchdowns outside of the red zone than they are in the red zone. Like I, I would love to see yeah. some statistics on that. Uh, but I, I truly believe that when the bears have more space, they're more likely to score. When we get to the goal line, it's just like, dude, come on. If we're not punching it in with a running back, what are we doing? And I actually did like the play calls, you know, uh, that that uh, one that fields missed to Ryan Griffin, that was a really well schemed up design. Um, you know, that wasn't completely on fields. And like I just from like a, a technical standpoint, Ryan Griffin does shield some blame. Like one of the big things as coached in the you know high school level, college, well, at least good high school coaches, college level and definitely in the NFL is that when you're on a leak like that, you don't want your entire body facing the quarterback and if you see it his his hips which are essentially where you limit all your control at is facing Justin Fields so he's getting out of that leak a lot slower than he should have that being said I don't know Fields still has a little bit of play in that I mean I'm, it's more of a timing thing because that's a touch pass it's not a it's not a body hit um that, that's something that you need to hit but I'm just gonna say it's not all on Justin Fields yeah and I think with Justin Fields, I'll have to admit I'm losing a little bit of confidence because there are some plays. There are some plays that he has a chance, but the way that I end up viewing it is it's just like he doesn't trust what he's seeing. And it's not necessarily yeah. like the yips, you know, but it's something similar where he's just not, he doesn't have full confidence as soon as he's dropping back, whether that yeah. be because of his offensive line or he doesn't can't believe that his receivers are going to get separation like that's why he's missing guys that are that are right in front of him like it's just he's not in the feel of the game right now when it comes to passing and when you look at just how explosive he is when he decides to tuck the ball and scramble that's what really makes it frustrating because it's like oh like there's all the elements just if we could dial in the passing game that this would work out great you know when you have someone with Justin Fields mobility um, just as plain athleticism it's so hard to stop when he can just go ahead and decide to tuck it when, you know, the first couple of reads aren't available, but it just seems like he's having to rush that process in his mind. Sometimes he's pulling it when he doesn't have to. Um, and also just not seeing the open reads, especially over the middle of the field. So that's been the frustrating part, but when your offense is playing this out of sync, I think you can't blame Justin Fields alone. Um, cause ultimately, you know, these receivers have to instill that confidence back into Justin Fields that, Hey, like he can trust, he can look for him, 
uh, to get open. Because who on a third down play on this team right now is Justin Fields going, oh, yeah, this is my guy's going to get open? No one. I mean, it's it's no one. And and Mooney, by design, well, I shouldn't say design, just like by his skill set is, and, and I guess by play design, is more of a deep threat. You know, he takes the top off the defense. So when you're looking for, you know, a 13, you know, a 10, 10 yard gain, you know, 13 yard gain, like a, like a long third down or something like that. It's not Mooney's skill set. That's really not his skill set. And I think that's why when you get into close, close quarters, it's difficult for the bears to score uh, through the air because Mooney is not a, he's not a, I'm going to get open within three yards and, and be able to catch a ball when I'm getting hit physically from a DB Cole Komet seems like, He's this is what's so confusing with Cole Komet, and he has to be one of the more like difficult to judge tight ends. Pretty damn good at getting open in, in open field. Pretty damn good at blocking. But when it comes to close quarters making a contested catch, he sucks. Like that's his yeah, worst yeah. trait. But he's really good at other things. Like he's good at getting open in the open field. He's good at getting open on in-cutting routes. He's good at blocking. The second that the pressure comes on him and he's starting to get hit and get pressured, he drops the ball. And that's why he's not a good red zone threat. I mean, through his career, I think he's only had like, what, like three touchdowns or four touchdowns not through, many. through yeah. <laughs> three years or something like that. And like for tight ends, year three is ten, when, where you tend to break out. I think Cole Komet is, a, is a, an NFL average tight end that has a clear flaw. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if going into this offseason they make a move that could potentially upgrade there, maybe getting more of a pure pass catcher guy like Mike Gesicki or something like that. I could see that happening. Um, and that's kind of what Fields needs is because like when you look at it, when you're trying to build an offense around a young QB, one of the most important things is just having a really good safety blanket, like having a player where if it's a seven year, like they can get you those seven yards. They don't need to be the best guy, but they just, they can get you seven yards when you need it. And the bears have none of those guys right now. And they're relying way too heavily on the scheme to get guys open, to protect Justin. And what you're saying is I I actually haven't lost any faith in Justin. I've thought the past two weeks, Justin has played pretty damn good. Um, I felt the worst. I I thought he easily looked the worst in the win against the Texans out of all the games he played. I thought the Giants, he was okay. Uh, I thought the Vikings, he was was good. And I thought this past game, I actually thought he was good. I didn't think it was bad. The issue with Justin is he doesn't, he isn't able to develop a pocket presence right now because the, our offensive linemen do such a terrible job. Like it's okay to get pushed back on the quarterback. Like that's bound to happen in the NFL, but you need to have the grip strength to keep your guy on you. And our, none of our offensive linemen can do it. So when Justin's getting pressured, stepping up in the pocket, isn't even an option for him. And if he did step up, stop, Jesus, I'm, I'm getting a little too angry. I'm starting to slur my words. If he <laughs> did step up in the pocket, he's going to get sacked. And that's just because his offensive line is so bad. So, Justin Fields will miss a, a few players because he doesn't know if he has time to, you know, to get in th- his full throwing motion. He doesn't know, you know, if he has time to, you know, tuck it and run. There are going to be a couple plays in the game. And this is something that you can expect out of a quarterback like Justin Fields. You know who also misses a lot of wide open? Or, I mean, Justin Fields doesn't miss wide open receivers, but can hold the ball a little too long and miss an open opportunity, you know, seven yards down the field. Deshaun Watson, he's still a great QB. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point there, and I think people need to realize how much the quarterback position is just 
complain about confidence. I mean, like the best quarterbacks in the league, especially usually when they can, the big names that you expect it from, like the the big five quarterbacks in the league right now, they just, they head into each game playing confidently, especially with the quarterback position being the way it is today where, you know, the Tom Brady's aren't really a thing anymore. A lot of these guys are more athletic than they've ever been. I mean, especially, yep. you know, even someone like um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's definitely more of a pocket passing type, but a lot of what makes him special is his ability to create, you know, his ability to extend plays and then go ahead and, and make that play a big play because he still has vision down the field. So quarterback position has changed when you're just kind of feeling it, like you have that swagger to your play, you know, you're going to come out there and play your best ball. And right now that's just, it's the opposite of what Justin Fields is having because he's not really given the opportunity to string together success. When no. does he look the best is usually late in games when the team has to blend or gets, he has to bend his play calling style a little bit to, you know, emphasize passing the football or yep. needing to push the ball, needing to push the ball downfield, you know, playing with tempo. I mean, mm-hmm. when the bears decide to pick up the pace a little bit, you start to see things work out and whether that's the defense being a little bit tired, but also it just reduces the amount of time that he's thinking in between plays. And I think right now it's just this, a simple kind of mistake of trying too hard. I think there are times out there on the field where Justin Fields is trying too hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the clock shortens a little bit, when his game clock needs to be lessened because of the scenario of the game, when it's, you know, late at the end of a half or, you know, towards the end of the game, he's usually able to get this Bears team somewhat close to scoring position. 100%. That's his best trait is when the spotlight's on him he is the best that he and like you just like that's one of those things that you can't teach to a quarterback and that's why I'm so confident in Justin Fields I am a little afraid that the Bears might ruin him through what they're putting him through that's my biggest fear but when when the when the moment is on Justin Fields he plays his damn best it's just you're asking uh it's unrealistic expectations of him right now Easily one of the worst offensive lines in football. Easily one of the best, one of the worst wide receiver rooms in football. And it's just Justin Fields. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the commander's game was just especially frustrating just because of all the near misses. Um, and it's a game that should have been put away. You know, the Bears should have had over that 12 point total, you know, at the end of the first half easily. Um, with the way that they were playing and the way that they drove the football. And there are some things to like about this team. I think ultimately another thing that just infuriates me, though, is just I feel like we're not learning that much about some of these players. Like some players, like we've mm-hmm. learned, like, okay, yeah, they're quality players this year. Jaquan Brisker, 100%. Like I have faith in him moving forward. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert has definitely proved that He's able to do it, you know, at the NFL level. He's an explosive back. He can work on his pass protection skills. He definitely has his faults, um, but he has someone that has serious talent to bring to the league and, and will be an asset for this team. But then it's just like there's so many players that are still question marks and players that this management had brought in, you know, for the beginning of the season, whether it be, you know, some of the draft picks, like I'll give them the time to develop. You know, I'm not going to make rash, like over assumptions about their first um few games in the league but the players that they brought in I mean when you look at someone like Amir Smith-Marset that's also something that's concerning to me because he's someone that was literally rostered for maybe four weeks total played three games and now he's cut like those aren't really the additions that you want to be making and I think that's 
pretty clear. And especially when it's not just an addition to the practice squad, when it's actually someone that you're playing to suit up um, pretty much week in, week out. It's just those kind of things have been black. Lucas Patrick, we talked about him before. Like He sucks, yeah. Hasn't been much production from him. And yeah, like we have to be realistic. He was brought in for what, like a $2 million contract? But at the same time, there was plenty of cap space to work with. And even if you're just splashing double that on someone for that position for a one-year contract, you're not hurting anything in the long long run. You know, that was just a choice. That was a choice that was made, you know, by Ryan Poles. Lucas Patrick is a guy that I think if we had a a good – like team like good offensive line around him and a player went down he could probably fill in and be pretty damn good because that's what he did in green bay he's not a player where you add him as a starter on a terrible offensive line and expect him to still perform the same way i think i and i you know what let me say this lucas patrick i think will be a much better center so i want to see him at center i think it's questionable why mustafer hasn't been benched and you put in someone else i mean michael michael schofield had, like he didn't look that bad when he when he popped in this past game. I think it for sure, and I think this will happen for the next game. It should be Braxton Jones, Schofield until Cody Whitehair gets back, Lucas Patrick, Jenkins, Borum. Um, but in reality, like I think that what people forget is like to make a a, a good pass, right? You need so many things to get right. First thing you need your offensive line to block properly. How frequently do they do that? 25% of the time, 40% of the time. I think they they had a statistic that Justin Fields is experiencing the most pressure out of any quarterback since pressure ratings have been available. <laughs> like literally yeah. the most ever. He is on track to be the most sacked quarterback ever. Does he have a little bit of fault in that? Sure. But I'm telling you, this offensive line, with the exception of Cody Whitehair when he's healthy, I, you know, Jenkins has been really good. And and that's like, thank God he's good. Can we imagine if we traded him, how bad this offensive line would be? It'd be garbage. And like, man. And then, and then you have Braxton Jones, who I think has high upside. I think the play for him is, I think he needs to be a right tackle. Cause he gets out. He Montez sweat just bullied him completely. And like that, yeah, that he was, had a terrible, wasn't terrible fair, game. Really. worst game I've seen out of him. Um, but I don't think he's bad. Like, I think he is starter quality. I think he could probably, you know, long-term slot over to that right side and be a good player there, or maybe even slot inside. Who knows what this fran what this, uh, franchise is thinking, but so they block properly like 25% of the time wide receivers get open another 25% of the time. So that means that there's only, you know, what is that? 25% of 25%. So that's like what? 8% or something like that. Seven, 7%. Uh, Six percent. I think it'd be a six, a sixteenth, right? Yeah, be, something. Yeah. I, this isn't a math podcast. Get over it. Um, <laughs> whatever that percentage is, twenty-five percent times twenty-five percent. That's the uh, the opportunity Justin Fields has to make a play. Luckily, I think Justin Fields is a damn good QB. I would rather have him over pretty much anyone out of the other QBs in the class that uh, of the twenty twenty-one class. But like, I'm just saying. And and what I want to bring up too is like. It's infuriating to me that Justin Fields faces all this criticism. I watched Zach Wilson beat the Packers last week, and that was painful. Zach Wilson is painful to watch at this point, and he has 10 times the offensive line and 10 times, like 300 times the receivers that Justin Fields has. So, you know, 
my biggest concern is not Justin Fields as a player. My biggest concern is that by the time we surround Justin Fields with a good team, he won't be the same player as he will, as what we drafted. Yeah. No, it's crazy even when you look at a team like the Jets and you're like, man, I can't believe how many weapons they have. <laughs> I would kill for the Jets, for the surrounding pieces that the Jets have. I mean, he's got two. And like, this is the other thing, and I hate to say it, guys. Yes, I love Dave Montgomery. Love Khalil Herbert. This isn't a top 10 backfield. Okay. Like, let's just make that clear. Like, there are so many good running backs in the NFL right now. I don't think you can say that Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert are a top 10 backfield. I mean, pretty much every team. At, like this is a completely different era of the NFL. Pretty much every team right now has like their view, their number one back, and then have a good supporting back. And when you have, you know, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I think that you could say they're at least a bubble on the top ten. I think they're I'd top fifteen. Least. Yeah. Okay. At least, at least. But I think they're somewhat close to the top ten. But I agree with you. There's so many good running backs and. I mean, there's more than enough to go around for each one of the teams. And like you said, have like their supporting guy. And I think it's because offensive coordinators have just finally gotten a lot better of a grasp with them Mm -hmm. as far as how they want to utilize them in their offense and and who they should be drafting. And I think moving forward, we're going to see kind of how Getsy wants to approach it, which I'll be curious a little bit about. Does he view... Clue Herbert to to be enough strength to go out there and get someone that's even like a change of pace from Clue Herbert, you know, like an Austin Eckler type guy, something mm-hmm. like that along that mold. Um, which honestly, totally deviate here. But I was <laughs> watching all the college football. Of course, you know, Michigan Michigan fan since I was a kid, so yeah, I'm watching them play. Blake Corum. Man, to me, I look at him like this man's gonna be like the next good like Austin Eckler. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> like Pro, he's like, a little small, as, isn't he? Yeah, he's a pretty small guy, but he'll he'll run it for you, and you can even you can even run it with him on short situations. Like maybe you're not as confident yeah. as you would be with like some kind of bruiser running back, but yeah, he can definitely do it out of the backfield, two hundred percent, and and utilize him in the screen to the screen game heavy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's so many good and there's so many good wide receivers now too. I mean, I know we're gonna talk a little mm-hmm. about trades later on. It's like almost all the NFL trade rumors are wide receivers because I mean, receivers are pretty disposable, but there's just so many, as far as talent goes, the NFL, it's brimming with talent. Yeah. Um, and which gives people opportunities to, even if they didn't perform in their first location, um, perform better in a new setting, but I, I'm, I'm done. I can't believe we just started off like a whole podcast with 22 minutes of ranting. Yeah, exactly. The first time we we've, I think that might be the first time we've ever just entered into it and just, no real basis, just it. venting. And, yeah. I mean, it's it's therapy here. This is a therapy podcast uh, at the end of the day. Um, one other thing before we move topics and get off this terrible, terrible game. Um, Bayless <laughs> Jones muffed another punt. Not even sure why he's catching punts. He never, he rarely ever caught punts in college. He did kick returns. There's some players 16, that are just a lot. Was it like 16 punt returns total? In college, he had two, two punt returns. Oh, really? Yeah, two punt returns through Dang. what, like five years of college? I think actually six years. I think he he got the transfer and also was redshirted. So like he played a lot of college ball, and yeah, he didn't really return punts. So like, I mean, at the end of the day, now I think it's clear. Take him off punt returns at least this year. Get a guy in here that can do punt returns and just let him do the kickoffs. Like kickoffs are 
a lot more chill for a player. You know, it's a lot less pressure on you. Um, and certain players are just better at that. Cordell Patterson never returns punts. So like, and he's one of the best kick returners to ever do it. Right. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that was, it was tough to watch for a He lost time two games for us. He lost two games for us. Yeah, we, we can just I know. Say that. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he certainly made it pretty difficult to win in, in each circumstance. Yeah. So there's that. Seriously. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. We're in the middle of a mini buy. I think it's a good time. And we already talked a little bit about this, uh, kind of just where this team's at right now. You know, we're, we're what, six weeks in. This is going to be week seven right here. And it's grim, man. It's, it's not, it's not good. And I think that the team is, unfortunately, with, I think all football fans, is that the team, we knew that it was going to be bad. And like we expected this. But when the season actually starts and you have to sit through and watch it, and deal with it, it sucks, right? And we're so <laughs> tired of seeing the Bears be bad. I think that this is the right approach, right? I think, you know, it's it's a little bit of the opposite of what we saw from like a Ryan Pace approach. Well, actually, no, even Ryan Pace took his time when he started too. But, you know, it, it is hard to watch right now. Um, Reese, just where are you at with this team? Man, I think I already said a lot, but I, I'm definitely underwhelmed. Um, <laughs> I, maybe from watching like a variety of sports too. It's like I, I love when I can watch, you know, football, and I'm not like a guy that's like, oh, I need to see it all through the air, like a total passing guy, or like running. It's just when, like, even like a balanced off. Big Iowa you know, football like, fan, Reese. <laughs> yeah, I love. Boy, Brian do Trans I got a program offense. for you. <laughs> I love, you know, Spencer Petros. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> if I were the Bears, I'd pick them up. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I love watching a balanced offense. You know, a lot of times, you know, they call soccer the beautiful game, you know. But there's beauty in football, too. And it's just the Bears are just the opposite of that. You know, a lot of times there's just nothing beautiful about watching them play. So it's quite aggravating. Um, I, I think one thing, one thing that I'll say that I like so far is that we are seeing a variety of formations. You know, I think on offense, we see we get a little bit of spice. You know, we get the motion, the bells and the whistles that, that come with that. We spread out the receivers sometimes. Sometimes they're going, um, you know, two tight ends, you know, ace, you know, single back kind of formation. But or sometimes you got Kyrie Blasen game out there as a fullback and run the eye formation. But I think a lot of it so far has been – just ineffective in I like that they're mixing up the formations, but it's just they're not getting especially when the passing game's not firing off, like it's just really tough to get a lot of production um and, and kind of keep up and keep the defense on its heels because they should be as far as the defense goes, should be on their heels when you're mixing up the formation like that. But when the Bears aren't really proving proving it to you that they can, you know, make the play action pass, you know, deliver or, you know, teams are starting to be able to guess on the rollouts or the boot action type plays. That just becomes predictable. But I like, I like that at least there's attempts being made to spice things up. It's not like the Bill Laser, you know, play calling and all that. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into at least to the Patriots part because I read the the seven minute long um, <laughs> thousand word uh, Bill Belichick speech about the Bears team. And I find it funny for its irony in some parts but also just him kind of 
basically proven that he's still watching game tape and doesn't just like blow off games because he's bringing up all the Bears names players. Yeah. But at one point he's like, you know, Valus Jones is like great young prospect. You know, he like, <laughs> you know, he's like real fast dude, you know, effective both ways. It's like, man, like he scored one touchdown and you know, one good run. But, like, But honestly, I think that Bill Belichick could be being honest right now because Bill Belichick, as much as he's a great coach, probably one of the worst drafters ever. Like for for well, a good coach, <laughs> like he he's 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 hit on some. Don't get me wrong, Tom Brady. Oh yeah, you know he's hit he's hit on his guys. But what, I I remember there was a stat that one in two seasons he drafted like four tight ends, and then the next two, then the following season they had to go and 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 get Hunter Henry and uh, I mean what's their other tight end that was on the Titans before? Such the J. Oh, Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith, yeah. Um, not not a great drafter, and apparently there's been a lot of internal strife with him because apparently his entire draft crew like does like a ton of work through the year, and then when he shows up, he just drafts whoever the hell he wants to draft, <laughs> <laughs> which I can totally see. I mean, I remember it was funny during the COVID year when we saw him with his just like the dog at the computer. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And he's in his like, oh, he's he's worth millions of dollars and in a house that was probably made in like the 1970s. <laughs> it's like it's like it's so <laughs> Bill Belichick for you, right? Um, but but yeah, I guess building off of that, like real quick, I, I think that the most frustrating part though is just not seeing the team grow. Yeah, you know that that's been my main takeaway. If I can sum it all up, um, there's some things that look good aesthetically before the play some things look nice uh some things are working on some of the plays but there hasn't been any time really week to week where i'm like oh yeah they really built off of what they did the week prior or even two weeks prior with this it's been inconsistent spotty um and i can't really make anything quite of you know who's improving on the team or even from a a scheme standpoint you know how things are being developed from week to week, how are we building off of what we learned? I think there's evidence of that in halftime. Usually the bears can make some decent halftime adjustments, but I wish the adjustments could be made like that week to week. And maybe some issues with the team inherently from a player personnel issue are just too big to change. Maybe that's the reality of it. And I think it is uh, on offense at least. And honestly, this team's been better, you know, red zone to red zone than I expected this year. Cause I actually think that, in general, this offense does a pretty good job of getting it to the red zone. I mean, we left 20, what, 28 points on the board last game. We, we could have had 35 points. I mean, it, it's, I really feel like if the Bears had like one good big body receiver, the, the win loss column would look a lot different right now. Cause like you think about how many times they've struggled to get into the red zone. I, I think we're probably at least 500 if we have one good. I mean, that's not even that hard. Probably even we might even be a winning team right now if we had one good big body, like a T. Higgins or something like that. Yeah, I think when it comes to a, a big body wide receiver, or even a big body tight end, because you had brought up the point about you know Cole Komet not being able to make the catches in the tight spaces. Um, you know, if they had someone like that, even if Komet could just play a bigger role there, they'd be in a lot different of situation. And I don't think it's too difficult, you know, to believe that they could be three and three. And I'm not really even caring about the record that much this year, but the facts are there that, you know, like you said, they blew away the game yeah. with two muff punts, basically. Those don't happen. Um, or, you know, they give themselves a better shot in the Giants game to, if they don't, to score if they don't muff that punt. So, 
Yeah, I think it's certainly someone that if I were designing the team, I would have made a focal point and a priority. And I get I get the mission of Ryan Poles this year. I understand it wasn't really about winning too many games this year. Um, it was about finding out and, and developing some of these players and, you know, doing the best with what they had because, you know, Ryan Pace put them in a bit of a mess. You know, they didn't have a first-round pick coming in as an administration, um, which I think is, is definitely a bit of a handicap. And once again, they kind of had that awkward timing where, you know, Justin Fields was already the guy that was selected to to be the quarterback to be the the potential franchise quarterback so they had to roll with him so they had a little bit of their hands tied uh, but yeah I think as far as player personnel has has come out to be a clearing issue for sure yeah yeah and I think like the hard thing is is like who's gotten better this year <laughs> like if we really consider it I think Fields yeah, yeah. Oh, Eddie yeah, actually, great point. Eddie Jackson <laughs> has gotten a lot better. I think there's a few players. I think Tevin Jenkins, obviously. Um, I think Larry Borm's virtually yep. the same player as last year, and I think that's going to be his entire career. Um, still not bad for a fifth round pick. I think he's right. going to be a great, you know, guy goes down, like long term. Guy goes down. You have him in the backups. You feel pretty damn good about your offensive line, still, right? Um, and like I was. <laughs> I guess you can also say Khalil Herbert, but I was thinking about it this week. Why does it always seem like when it gets down to like, you know, the third round or day, you know, day, day, well, like late day two or even day three picks for the bears. It's always like they're drafting these players to be starters. Like for other teams they are always drafting for like depth <laughs> at that point. And they're like de- trying to develop these guys where they don't have to start immediately or to like potentially outperform their veterans that they have. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it, you know, like the the bears are always looking for starters in the fifth, sixth round. I mean, look, we brought in Darnell Mooney and he immediately started. I mean, there's a whole host of players and like, yes, Darnell Mooney. Great find. Perfect. That's awesome. What I can't say though, is Ryan pace, pretty bad idea going into uh, <laughs> going into the season last year, cutting both of your tackles and trying to replace him with a second and a fifth round pick. I mean, you don't draft guy like even Ryan Poles right now. I mean, we drafted Braxton Jones and what was it? The fifth round, Sixth, fifth round, right? Fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth round pick yeah, starting left round, tackle. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a recipe for success in the NFL. I can tell you that much, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, this is like the most disorganized podcast ever because I can't believe I hadn't brought this up. I can't believe that I hadn't brought this up when I ran to the team earlier. Can we talk about how oh my bad God. this pass it's horrible. rush is? Like, we have it's to have the terrible. worst pass rush in the league. Like, like it's horrible. <laughs> you can't. We can't get pressure on it, anybody. <laughs> I. Yeah, there really is just so much of a struggle. And... and it's so telling when like all your sacks, like what last game sacks, Roquan Smith, Jaquan Brisker, like yeah, oh that's a concern. <laughs> so we're that team that Seriously? only gets sacks. No, one hundred percent. So, man, I can't believe, and a lot of it has been the decline of Robert Quinn, or, or just I don't know him going through the motions, whatever it is that's going on. And then I guess sticking to El Kadim Muhammad has just proven he sucks. not to be. Yeah, a good get him out of here. He's like a he's a depth guy. And and what I'm gonna say this is like this is 
a part of the growing pain between switching between a fourth between before switching from a three four to a four three. Um, and it's that you, if you're pass rushing right. with only your line players, you are going to have a double team somewhere because you have that, you know, it's a four on five situation on the offensive line. It places a lot of pressure on those front four players. And that's why you see a lot of teams now opt for the five. You know, well, I, I, I want to call it a five, two, but it, it's really a three, four because like in the modern NFL, I mean, you shouldn't really be dropping your, your, your edge rushers. Right. I mean, some it's kind of a rare thing to see. It is more like a five, two. It happens, um, but yeah, in, in theory, right. right Situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that it sucks. The offensive, the, the, and that's why I'm going to say this. And like a lot of bears fans are not going to like this would not shock me. And I actually think this might be the right move. If the first pick in the draft next year is a, a D lineman, I think like in our territory that we're probably going to be picking, I truly think this bears team, I think we're going to have a top three pick. Like I I've looked at the schedule so far and we're going to get to that in a little bit, but I, I don't imagine us winning a lot more games. And I think that two of those top three, two of those top three players are going to be quarterbacks. It's going to be Bryce young and uh, CJ Stroud, right? And the Bears are going to have either an opportunity to get potentially a Will Anderson or trade down and get a whole bunch of picks selling a quarterback to another team pretty much. So, um, yeah, I think it's going it, to it's gonna be pretty tough with a guy like Will Anderson, Jalen Carter there, Miles Murphy from Clemson. There's a lot of good edge rushers. Well, edge rushers and D linemen in this class. Like, Jalen Carter is the real deal. Will Anderson, yeah, I mean, he didn't. He's not having the season he had last year, but he's still the real deal, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a lot of potential there, and you know, <laughs> I'm excited to see what we can potentially, you know, you know, pull out of the draft and with what I expect to be a, a high first round pick. Um, and, and I agree with you because. It wouldn't. I have no doubt in my mind that if you know Matt Eberflus has the ability to bring someone like Will Anderson on his team, yeah, he's gonna take that. There's no way that he is not in that war room or in the draft preparation for the months ahead of time that he's not telling Ryan Poles is like, yeah. If you no matter what player he is, if you have the opportunity, and like this is just like a fundamental. And I know Ryan Poles, he's a good team builder. Like he. It's going to be a little painful getting to the destination because he's not always going to pick for need 100% of the time. But like if you're like if you have an opportunity to add the best player in the draft to your team, you take that opportunity no matter who it is, right? Like that's just good team building. If we were to go, "Oh, we have Will Anderson in our lap, but we're going to draft, you know, Jordan Addison because we need a wide receiver." Even though Jordan Addison and Jordan Addison is going to be a great player in the NFL. Awesome player. You like, just like the positional value, just so much goes into it. And it's like, well, I mean, Will Anderson really looks a lot like Von Miller when Von Miller was coming out. He looks a lot, and that might be lofty expectations, but if you're going to be potentially the first pick in the draft, you, you get those, you need to get those. He reminds me a lot of Von Miller. And Von Miller, like at least the way I remember it from from watching draft coverage way back then, was he was kind of just put yeah. out as like the real deal. Like it was just like kind of like a hundred percent pick. You know, there's going to be high potential yeah. and a very high floor. And I think yeah. with Will Anderson, it's the exact same kind of scenario. Everyone knows that he's going to be good at the next level, 
Um, there's not much guesswork in it. And yeah. kind of like the Joey Bosa pick, too. Like, mm-hmm. everyone knew he's going to be great. It's just quarterbacks were picked ahead of him. And boom, there he was. And he was I the think, next best and I, I don't want to so. say this to, yeah. to like disparage Will Anderson. I think he probably is going to be more in line with like a Joey Bosa than a Von Miller, because kind of similar to Bosa, Will Anderson. Well, he's like a technician, right? With the way that he pass rushes, which is awesome. My one concern, the only, mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I mean, this is getting a little disorganized, but my one concern is he doesn't have nearly like the bend, or I, he doesn't have the bend of someone like you know, a Khalil Mack or like, you know, even, even potentially like a Robert Quinn where he just comes around the edge, but he doesn't need it because he's so good at, you know, coming back inside. He's meant for a, uh, a four, three, two, in my opinion. Like yeah. A TJ yeah, exactly. A so when people it, yeah. say like, Oh, it's, they give him a Khalil Mack comparison. I'm like, that's not right. I think he's more like a Von Miller, Joey Bosa type. Um, Cause Von Miller wasn't like, Von Miller has been like he first and foremost, before anything else, he's a technician too. He does have good athleticism, but he's a technician at his finest. So yeah. I mean, if you get a shot at a guy like that or a generational talent, you take it. I mean, that's just, we'll, we'll, we can piece together the rest of the roster. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I struggle to pick two or three teams. Like, honestly, I I've thought about it. Like maybe, maybe we'll get out of the top five, but name five other teams worse than the bears right now. Name one other team worse than the Bears. <laughs> well, man, I was gonna the only team oh, I would have said man, last week. Tex- yeah. Texans, yeah, they're bad. Yep, the Texans are probably one of them. Uh, I was gonna say the Commanders, the but we just lost to them at home well, on yeah, Sunday was, Night Football. So that's throw perfect. that argument out the window. Um, You know, I mean, you probably can't say the Lions this year. That's yeah, not, no, that's probably not true. No. Um, I'm just trying to go to the division. Steelers, right Steelers. Because I feel like there should be more maybe. tier. Maybe, yeah. At least it can pass. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that Pickens. Who would have thought? <laughs> All right, but I, oh, I think man. we're getting the point that I I don't think there's five teams worse than the Bears. I think at the minimum we'll be picking top five, um, ideally picking top three. Um, I, you know, if every game goes the way the past two weeks have been, I think I'll be okay with it because I think fields look good the past two weeks. Um, but you know, I think we should probably move on to some trade deadline talk before we beat a dead horse to the ground. Um, yeah, yeah. We're all over the place. Yeah. So the, the uh, trade deadline's <laughs> coming up. I think it's what? 11 days away. 12, something like that. First of November. It's the first, first of November. November. It's the first of November. Um, Yep. Trade deadline's coming up. Bears have some candidates to be traded. We also ha- are likely going to be in a situation where we might trade for some uh, players, potentially. I, You think so? Because this is part yeah. of the discussion. I'm not getting a sidetrack. I don't think they're going to be as big of buyers as maybe some people believe. I think, first and foremost, yeah. they're definitely sellers. Should be sellers. But I don't... I think I see maybe... A couple of trades, but I don't think they're gonna be. I think magnitude. that some of the That's trades might come where we get a player back from a player we traded. Like I, I could see that. I like okay, a player. Yeah. A player, so like for instance, Robert Quinn, maybe you trade like him that. and get a younger, you know, higher upside, you know, wide receiver, defensive lineman, something like that. Um, but 
I I don't think we're gonna be like I, like we're not gonna be trading trading away a second round pick. I'd be shocked. I'd be even pretty shocked if we trade away a third round pick. I think the players that we're gonna be looking at are probably gonna be day three trades, which you can still add some talent. Um, but I don't know if there's anyone that really like stands out to me or like we really need this player. Um, you know, people bring up DJ Chark. I like Chark. He's been productive. I think he's a good wide receiver. I'm not a fan of his contract. His contract numbers are are pretty inflated for me. Like I think he's kind of in line with like a Darnell Mooney and not not in their play style, but in like their productivity upside level. Um, and I think like paying him twenty five million dollars a year, that sounds pretty insane for me. So I, I don't know if that'll be me. Um, but why don't we talk about some trade candidates? You want you want to start us off, Reese? Yeah, as far as the as far no, as players to, the Bears should look trade away. Them. Yep. Oh, to send out. Yeah, well, I, I think there's some pretty obvious ones here. I think the two most obvious are yep. Montgomery, Robert Quinn. Um, and then I think the one that maybe you listen to are Roquan, but that's wherever yep. pulls his headspace is at. Which I just don't know how likely the are the mm-hmm. Bears are to extend Roquan. If Ryan Poles at this point feels like they're probably not going to extend him, then he's probably at least probably the most valuable piece that could be moved. Definitely the most valuable piece that could be moved. Um, and then second to that would be Montgomery. Um, and I think the player that you're kicking yourself that you didn't trade earlier for, and and we had talked about that. I'm not even trying to be like, oh, like we said it, because that doesn't even really matter. But we had talked yeah. about moving Robert Quinn in the offseason when it was Higher value. a lot more favorable to do so. Um, and I think that now, I really think that for Robert Quinn right now, you're probably yeah. looking at like a fourth round pick. Yeah. No, I agree. Maybe like, maybe two fifths. Like, I I really don't know what you're expecting to walk away with there. But I've seen some people, you know, float like two thirds. Like, no, I don't even know if one third is going to happen. That's what's for crazy. I, and like, like I think unlikely. we need to keep in mind a little bit like positional value. If you add Robert Quinn to a team with actual good rushers around him, he's probably going to be a lot more productive than he is right now. Uh, 18 and a half sacks last season. You can't, you know, get upset with that. Right. Um, I, I've, I was looking around no, at some of the not. articles that have been coming out, even by some insiders, uh, insiders in quotation marks, because what does that even mean? I, I don't, I, the, the people, these insiders, yeah. besides like an Ian rap report talk to are literally agents of a player and they just get manipulated like Jason lock Yeah. Go ahead and do your own research on Jason lock I really, uh, <laughs> also, uh, type in Washington Redskins, Jason lock I think you'll, uh, you'll find some interesting articles there. Um, but he, he is notably always literally always wrong. Uh, with the bears and it seems like he just comes up with most of this stuff just out of his butt right like he but anyways what i've seen in a lot of articles is multiple people have said this robert quinn hands down most valuable trade candidate out of everyone in the nfl right now uh with the exception of like maybe a christian mccaffrey right um so that was interesting to me because I think there's that like gap potentially in the media. Maybe there's not just like a lot of people that watch the Bears too much. But also Robert Quinn does have a good name in the NFL. Um, saw a source say t- uh, a second and a third. Saw another source say two thirds. If we got offered that, I would pull the trigger yesterday. <laughs> right? Like that is like uh, whatever. I, I think oh, that yeah, he's 100%. worth a fourth round pick. Like a fourth round pick. Um, I think you probably could get a third I, yeah I, I it would like the rams like one of their top picks is a third round pick i think that would make a lot of sense 
because they just haven't had the pass rush that they had. And, you know, Aaron Donald talked about retiring last year. And, you know, you have to think that like you do have more leverage in season when teams know what their issues are, especially if they're contenders. Right. Um, so, I, I, but I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to say like a fourth round pick. I would do it for a fourth round pick. Hell, I'd do it for two fifths. I would still do it. I would, there is no value in having Robert Quinn on this roster anymore. Pretty much anything you get, I say is worth it. Um, so yeah, with that in mind that. Actually, I mean, at this point with the fact that like Dominique Robinson and like Travis Gibson are like having to split snap shares, like he might even be. And I don't mean this like in any negative to to Robert Quinn, which it's going to be hard for it not to come off that way. But maybe he's even doing long term like yeah. a detriment, you know, like we're not. Yeah, we're not getting to see, you know, snaps from younger players, which potentially could make the Bears a lot worse. But yeah, right now, what's the point of holding on to Robert Quinn? Um, that was a move that was brought in from a different era when the Bears were at least leading us to believe that they were trying to contend for something. Um, and I think that I would let him go, honestly, and honestly, just for him to yeah, have a better place to go in his career, too. Like, it's just it's not a. a <laughs> there's nothing productive being done here at this point. He already set the team record and now it just, well, it's the same. Like, it's the same thing right, with Mac. Here. Like Mac's doing um, so, awesome for the, for the chargers. But like, do are the bears upset that they traded Mac? No, They're, it's just a di- two like where the franchise is at and where the players at in their career, just completely different like areas. Yeah, exactly. Different spaces. And I, I think that that's why, trading him wouldn't be that hard of a decision for me um and i think i think you can get like a fifth maybe even a fourth for him yeah for monty to the bills i think to the bills or the rams too the rams need a need a running back right now they're gonna get rid of cam Akers. i mean it's always one of the most banged up positions so there's gonna be teams that are gonna be listening it's just i don't know if I don't know if he'd no. be able to pull a third. Great, great running back. Great running back. But I think that really ultimately it's like, yeah, like Robert Quinn, David Montgomery, you can trade them, get two fours. Like, yeah, I guess that's worth it, you know? Like, it's really, if you're not, if you're Ryan Poles and you're not extending Montgomery, and I think that's really where most of the trade rumors come from because obviously Montgomery is mm-hmm. a positive value to the team. Person, too. You know, you'd great bring him back 100%. Team. But yeah. And great person too. And he's been someone's been consistently good for this team, which this team does not have a lot of. And I think that's what maybe part of the mentality of keeping Robert Quinn in was is like, okay, we need some people that have had a decent track record here. Um but yeah, if you're not gonna extend him, you might as well get value for him. Roquan Smith, he's looked at times pretty slow this year. I mean, statistically he's still by far you know yeah, like he's still in a, a very high caliber. At some points this year, it's been frustrating. But I think he's ultimately the one you're going to get the most value for. I don't have a problem extending him, but the deal didn't get done this summer. And it's just like, where are the two sides? You need to make a at, decision you know? for Roquan. I, I, but I actually don't know, yeah. like. I mean, like, I'm trying to think about it. Like, who's, like, a contender that really needs an inside linebacker? I, I think that that's one of those – that's, like, one of those positions well, where, thing. like, he's going to have to learn a whole new defense. Would it even make sense for a team to trade for him, like, in the middle of the season? I don't think his value is going to go any down, like, if we just tag him and trade him in the offseason. 
I if I was a betting man, I would I would almost 100% bet that Roquan stays. Um, even though I think he's okay. he's not having I see the a logic, great yeah. season because, and I think it's because he's learning a completely new defense. And I think he would be a better three four inside linebacker. Like I think that's what he's better at. But I still think that like long term, like give him a full off season of preparation. He He's still, you know, one of the best linebackers, inside linebackers in the NFL. We wouldn't even like. I think his value right now. People were saying second round pick. I think it's a, a, a late first round pick. Like I, I think that his value is a late first round pick. If we got a second round pick, I wouldn't even take it. Like that. That's pretty crazy to me, honestly. I'd rather give him the contract and keep him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think that um, Roquan stays. Yeah, I can see that. Ultimately, those are the people that I could see. I don't see anyone else getting Truly, dealt. you you hit I mean, on all the players. Maybe, maybe in a real like real sleeper situation, and it, it won't happen. Um, but maybe, maybe a team looks for yeah. Mooney. Yeah, that's what, what would I was you thinking. get? Darnell Mooney, third. Yeah, that's what third. I was thinking. I think you'd get a third round pick for Darnell Mooney. Um, I wouldn't go over well here in the city, and especially if you didn't get another weapon back for Fields. But he's the only one that I could really yeah. see something happening. I um, I think that I think that I I truly believe the most likely player to get traded right now is Montgomery because I think there's a big need in contenders for running backs right now, and I don't think the Bears are planning to extend him. Like it just doesn't make sense to pay him because you already have a, a younger running back on a rookie contract that's outplaying him. Um, I, I could easily see the bills coming and trading for Montgomery. That just makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe you can sneak a third round pick because when uh, the Eagles won their Super Bowl, they traded for Jay Ajayi, who after the Super Bowl was a nobody. Right. Um, and he, they, he got a third round pick. So yeah. I think you could, for Montgomery, you can get a fourth round pick um, with the bills or even the Rams potentially who need a running back. Um, but I'd also like for all these guys, I would be, probably equally as happy with just getting like a young upside player. Like I, I don't necessarily need the pick. Like it might even expedite the rebuild to get a player that's, you know, going to their second, third season might need a new contract pretty soon. Get him. Um, might make sense, especially for someone like a Robert Quinn. Um, yeah, but, um, we should move on to trade targets probably. Um, I I'll go ahead and list off. I got four guys here. They're all wide receivers. Um, I guess you can say an offensive lineman. Maybe they go and look for an offensive lineman. My thing is, if you're going to trade for a guy, he needs to be here for the long term. Like, I'm, I don't want to trade for a guy that's just going to, you know, finish off the season with us and then split our separate ways. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I agree. Um, yeah. So I got a couple guys. Uh, my first one. Chase Claypool, I think it's been floated around a lot. Don't love Chase Claypool as a player, but I think that he would easily be the second best receiver on this team and could like, you know, be a pretty damn good receiver. I mean, we've seen him be a good wide receiver, much more so than we've seen anyone else on this team outside Darnell Mooney be a good receiver. Uh my second guy, and this might come as a shock, but actually I think a lot of Broncos fans would echo this, Jerry Judy. Um He's pretty much underperformed. It's pretty safe to say that he's underperformed issues, showing issues with Russell Wilson. Yeah. You could throw KJ Handler in there too. Um, he 
like they, these wide receivers seem like they hate Russell Wilson. Um, I, th- I think he would, he would still cost a third round pick though, in my opinion. Like I, and that's what Broncos are saying. Like a lot of the Broncos pages are expecting a fourth round pick, but saying maybe you can get a third round pick for him. I think that would make a lot of sense because I think Judy can be a good wide receiver. I just think he's in, you know, a mess. And I think that even with the bears, I, I think the bears would utilize him better. Even if he's just a slot guy, like third round pick, I would be willing to pull the trigger for him for Claypool. I had him at like a fifth round pick. I I'm not going to, you know, sell the bank for Claypool. And then two other guys, Kadarius, Tony, I think you can get him for a fourth round pick. Um, he's the giants are kind of weird at wide receiver right now. Cause both him and, um, yeah, Kenny Galladay, who were supposed to be Kenny their Galladay. futures, right, or just haven't really performed. Kadarius Tony had, is one of the more intriguing guys, especially because he's what just drafted last year. They draft him with the Bears pick uh, that we gave him, so being able to obtain him would be pretty cool. And the last guy, which again I'm not super high on either, DJ Chark. I think he would cost like fourth round pick third round people are saying like a second round i would not give up a second round pick for dj shark and taking on that contract um i would probably only do this for like a fourth round pick maybe a third round pick maybe maybe yeah well a lot of a lot of my list was actually similar to yours and we both did the same thing and i'll go with wide receivers and that's ultimately i think they're the most likely trade targets like I feel like receivers just get traded some of the most volume-wise as far as position goes. Um, And it's just finding an offensive lineman that would be an instant kind of like upgrade is just going to probably cost too much for the Bears. Like if it was that easy to pick up a quality offensive lineman, every team would be doing it. Um, So the market just isn't really quite there, especially for a deadline move. Um, The players that I had that were duplicates of yours, I'll just come out and say it. I was going to say Kadarius Tony. Like, I don't even know if I'd fully sell myself on it, but I think he's an option, you know, as far as having really high upside and someone that could inject things in your offense. But I don't know if the Bears can afford to have another injury prone mm. receiver. <laughs> I feel like the guy that comes in has to be at least somewhat healthy. Um, and I also had Chase Claypool as well and wouldn't be. Wouldn't be someone I completely target after, but I can see the move. I can see the rationale behind it. Obviously. Is athletic, has a a bit bigger of a body, and we've seen it in spurts. Yeah, exactly, both Notre Dame. But uh, uh, I think that he would add to the offense, certainly, but it's just not the consistency that you would love. I think the biggest reach, and I'll leave my best for last, the one player I feel like would be like attainable and I could possibly see the Bears trying to get – Probably the biggest reach of them all, DJ Moore, right from Carolina. I feel like what you give. I just feel like you'd have to give up too much for it as well, you know, because people see as an upside. He's obviously proven um, in the league, and finally, I think the most realistic someone that would add a big body receiver to the team would be Marquez Callaway Hmm. from the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one that was like this would be a reasonable pick. I forgot. I believe he is. Yeah. I think he's a free I, agent. I would be at very happy with that. Yeah. How much do you think you so, can get him for? I think fourth. Yeah. I would think like a fourth. Yeah. I'd think a fourth round pick would get it. Would get it done, or you know, maybe the Saints are in the interest of bringing over Robert Quinn. 
I don't know. I, said I don't Robert know if they want to do any run- <laughs> what? Send Trevor Simeon back. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, well, they they took our scraps and we took yeah, theirs. Right. They got Dalton. And, uh, you know, I just thought Simeon. of a funny trade. Imagine sending <laughs> but, uh, Montgomery I, to the or Robert Quinn back to the Rams, getting Allen Robinson back. <laughs> the Bears fan that said he was going to the oh, Hall man. of Fame uh, in one of our comments on YouTube would be like, "I told you guys." Always a bear at heart. Man, I don't yeah, even remember. Yeah, you don't remember the, the, the Bears fan that said we the Bears are going to let go one. of a future Hall of Fame receiver, Allen Robinson? <laughs> and my reply was, he's not going Sorry, to the Hall of Fame, LOL. <laughs> Some of the takes that we get are just hilarious. We love we love your guys' takes, but there's every once in a while, hey, we'll get just this I love this them. oddball that just gives you like the, the craziest take. Like I've seen like Montgomery Hall of Fame, like... I'm sure if we were running this back in like 2016, we'd see Jordan Howard Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, I also, I mean, of course you have your meatballs, you know. But I hate, like, you know, I'm not gonna call him out by name, but a certain Bears beat reporter tweeting out today, like, oh, I really hope that Ryan Poles doesn't see all your, you know, like couch GM like predictions or like moves that they should do. Right. I'm like, oh, come on, dude, like. <laughs> who cares? Like, even if he was looking, obviously, I would hope that he's not you know, listening. At, but who needs to come out and say? As someone like, who's been even remotely idiots, like, like <laughs> involved in football, like myself, who's worked for a college program for a little bit, the people at the top aren't as smart as you think. <laughs> like, nowhere near as close. Like, it's kind of a like, you know, yeah. The, yeah that's maybe, why it's hard to find a good GM made, you know? and a good coach. You know, like I'm not saying that, and I'm certainly not going to say that you like Bears Twitter is smarter than GMs in the NFL because I've seen some of the worst takes I've ever <laughs> seen on any topic ever on Bears Twitter. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's still not very good. Um, yeah, they do happen. They happen. But hey, Bears pick That'd up be Marquez good. Callaway. Yeah, you got yourself a jump ball player to to you know get some touchdowns in the end zone. I mean, what he had was it yeah. week three? He had that incredible yeah. catch from the passage. No, he's Winston. good. I mean, he's been like pretty much their number one wide receiver almost when Mike Mike Thomas hasn't been in. I I also wonder if yeah, but now they don't really even need him. Like now he's like almost special. Yeah, like these yeah. With Chris Olave, yeah, yeah, like- Thomas. And they yeah. have uh, Jarvis Landry. Once uh, Thomas is back healthy, I wonder. I think he could be traded, but he's old and he all like he's like thirty at this point. And I also don't know if he mm, he kind of is slant boy. You know, I I think uh, who was it? Uh, the, it's the player that was <laughs> oh, on no. the Eagles now that I loved, absolutely loved him in college. Uh, that it was, it's also the same guy that uh, Anthony Miller and uh, Wim is punched. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with from Florida, played hard. Gar- Chauncey Gardner uh, Johnson. Gardner. I loved, I loved him in college. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. loved him. Like one of my favorite, like, uh, picks. And what was it like? To 2020? I can't remember what draft it was in. Maybe twenty eighteen. Um, but I loved yeah. him, and he's been so good on the Eagles too. I mean, he's been insane on the Eagles. But he talks his shit, man. He talks his shit, and calling him Slant Boy. I think that's accurate, man. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Uh, yeah so all right well we can go ahead and move on to you know the patriots you know talking about bill belichick like i no matter where his team's at i think 
you always need to account that he's going to put together a really good defensive game plan. And the fact, uh, like, I don't even think that his team has all that much uh, talent on it, but he's had some really good, you know, what's that new cornerback that got James, James Jones, is that his name? That's been just insane for them. Yeah, rookie cornerback. Like, so, he yeah. just, find, like, he is able to put players in position to succeed. Bailey Zappi, who's... You know, how to draft DBs more than in. anything. Like that man can find you. Uh, and dude, all I, pro I just think it's like safety. a terrible <laughs> move to ever just like sign a player from the Patriots and free agency. Cause whenever they leave the Patriots, they tend to be pretty bad. Like Malcolm Butler, when he signed with the Titans, then wasn't that great. Stefan or even Stefan. Yeah, Gilmore not, yeah hasn't, hasn't been, been the same, same anywhere that's else. facts for sure. Um, he just know he knows DBs and he is also like, I mean, when when you talk about Bill Belichick, he outside of all the Super Bowls he won, he's really him and Saban together kind of changed the way that defense is played in the NFL. You know, he really instituted a lot of you know new man match coverages, and you know he he's that guy. You know, like he is the guy that has really revolutionized the NFL. Yeah, he's him. Yeah, I'm him. That's, that's the also, I got to bring this up. My favorite thing in the NFL is that whenever something even like remotely popular comes up on social media, every single NFL player loves to beat it into the ground until it's not even fun to see anymore. Like, especially like the gritty, like every, you got Mike, you got Mike Gusecki giving the oh worst gritties in the world. Mike like, or like I'm him. Every NFL player said yeah. it within the first week and a half of the season. It's just like, yeah, let's ride. Yeah, exactly. Let's College ride. Fo- oh my God, man. It, it's, it's brutal um, to say the least, but yeah, I, I mean, when you're going up against a great like that, I, I hate to say it. Like, I don't, I, I don't like, I don't like it. I, I think we're going to lose this game, even though I think the bears with the exception of like offensive line wide receiver are better talent wise in like most positions that, that, that are on the field. But it's just like Bill Belichick is 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 the king of just coaching supersedes the talent on the roster. Um, are we gonna get? Are we gonna get the Bailey Zappi? We are, show? I think. <laughs> what 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 if I mean, he throws he's done like it the past two weeks? Can you imagine Bears fans, dude? Bears fans are not gonna be able to fathom. You could pretty like much ba- book Bailey it Zappi with this offense, with this defensive line. Dude, like Bailey Zappi, and like this is getting up. And there's even rumors already that they're considering rolling with him instead of Mac Jones. It's like this this team is gonna just. I'm pretty sure that was built like that. Like the one particular big rumor was built off of a really? oh, DM know. though on Instagram, because I think that's basically like what you'd compare some of our trashier oh, like beat you. writers to be. <laughs> like that was the equivalent to. That oh for Patriots God, Kingdom, man. you know. <laughs> I love I love when it's when I see um like a random Twitter account with like seven followers be like sources are telling me the Bears are gonna All right, man. All right. We <laughs> well, Yeah, seriously. Or when source? you have guys but, that are literally like working in like the theater industry giving you your bears news, I think I think you uh you should probably find no, a man. better source, man. <laughs> I think I think there's actually guys that have worked in football and probably have a lot more connections that could give you a better source. Um or like you see the guy that's like the local manager from Applebee's. Man, there's a certain group of people like, that are 
There's a certain group of people that are definitely going to know who we're calling out. <laughs> we built this po- we built this podcast on being but authentic, whatever. whatever. We we are more than willing if you, if you ever get a little you know, roasted by us, you're more than willing to come on the podcast. We'll always entertain it. You can fight for your points or you can, you know, talk to us privately. We're, you know, 100% happy to to deal with that, but yeah. um you can roast us yeah, back. The world's most inconsistent, inconsistent podcast, podcast right? <laughs> But um, I, I think too, oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. I think that one of the obvious things I really think they're gonna shut down the run. You're gonna probably see a loaded box, and they're gonna have to make you know Justin Fields beat them throwing the football and throwing them early. And that doesn't even just fall completely on Justin Fields. I think that comes in with the passing scheme that the Bears employ early on in the game. It's going to be important to get the linebackers moving, thinking inside to out. I think the screen game's got to get into work early. Um, and when you go ahead and try to do the boot action or rollout plays, you got to make them count early, make the defense respect it. Otherwise, they're just going to continue to keep loading that box. And maybe you'll hit the occasional big play, but the offense won't be consistent. And defensively, uh, maybe I'm just as concerned as I am offensively because, right, these aren't the Patriots teams of old, but like the Washington defense was or the Washington offense was pathetic last week. I think some of that was for the bears defense being good, but some of it was also just like the Washington commanders. But I think if, if this turns out to be one of those extremely ugly games for the bears, like, you know, like the constant three and out streaks that occasionally pop up, this defense is eventually going to get taken the task. I mean, Ramon J Stevenson, Ramon, eh, Ramon J Stevenson, um, and who else? Well, I know Damian Harris is hurt, but I feel like they have another running back. They always back get it, like Deion a random Stevenson good running back. That's another decent. thing that they're just pressed at. Let me tell you this. Yeah. Like, do you know who the, the Patriots offense coordinator is right now? Is what they have it like all backwards. Like it, it is, have, it like, is. That's one of the Patricia funniest things I've ever seen. Know? Genius Matt Patricia, who couldn't put together even a remotely good offense. He's the offense coordinator in and 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 uh so yes if we, if we get beat by a Matt Patricia offense um yeah th- th- we're going to have some issues there for sure i guess like this is really a game i mean the bears are going to be back on prime time uh put a bullet in my brain i don't want to watch this anymore right i i can't handle this anymore seeing the bears on prime time because i just go on tour yeah, the Twitter the is just ruthless to us. And like I, I like I like my, you know, you know, I feel like Bears fans were almost like the alcoholics that like to drink when nobody's there, right? Like you're like hiding it from people, you know, you're like you're like sneaking the alcohol in the home oh, and, or, or to your work and drinking. <laughs> right. We want to watch our bears <laughs> in privacy alone and when, when the bears are that when no when no like one is watching, yeah. right? We don't want it to be out in the open. So uh yeah, I mean I'm I this is a game though that I can say is like uh Matt Eberflus has put together uh, a big a big statement in a lot of his press conferences promising change over this little mini buy that we have right now. And like this is a prove it game to him. Like, hey, show us that you can fix stuff mid season. Show us that this like what you guys were saying all off season where we're being underrated, we're a better team than everyone thinks. Prove that to us. Right? Prove that to us. 
And like, I guess the thing that I worry just with like all coaching staffs is like, how long do they have before the message and the belief that they preach expires? Because that happens quickly in a locker room. It happens very quickly where players, they, you know, they buy in, they buy in new coaching staff, new GM, yada, yada, yada. And then when the season comes around and you're a three win team the next year and they're telling you, oh, you're going to be great if you do this. You're like, believe me, you'll be good if you do this. Just do this. It, it, it dies out pretty quick. Yeah, it dies out it pretty working, quick. Yeah. So, so come prove a point. Show working, us you can yeah. make your changes. Try to win this game. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say this is going to be a loss. I'm going to say it's going to be like a 23 to 17 game. Patriots. 23-17 Patriots. Yeah, Actually, no, that's a terrible score. Sorry, that. 24. That's a terrible score prediction. 23, they'd have to like miss an extra point or something. Why? No. That's two touchdowns okay. and yeah. three field goals. All right, all right, fine. 23. 20, you you talked to me back. 23-17. You felt like come out here and get <laughs> Yeah, a I'm going to start predicting only scoring like <laughs> Um, I think it's going to be a little more ugly than that, but I like the three field. No, I I think I'll go with maybe Patriots four field goals. We'll go with a 19 (laughs) to 10 game, 19 to 10 Patriots. Just because primetime games. We can talk about this. The NFL this season offense is dead, man. Offense is this is probably the lowest. I love to know this. I'm sure this is out here, but I would say this is probably the lowest scoring start to the season. I, I did see something. It was, I think it was the lowest, uh, lowest scoring start to the season. It was like an eight I believe that completely seasons, something like that. So it's very and a like very eight, significant. The NFL eight seasons ago, it's, it's been bad, terrible quarterback play. Yeah. Quarterback play has been offensive bad. line pe- play has been bad. A lot Very of running bad. backs aren't doing that well right now. I mean, like, really, who's who's like a running back that's dominating the game right now? I don't think there is one. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. He's been good, but he's been good. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I feel like, oh man, just like thinking back, like to when you know, like 2015, 2016. Like I feel like running there were like people like teams had these like number one running backs that were just like tearing up the NFL, like you know, uh uh Le'Veon Bell, like Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell like or Arian like Foster. No, Le'Veon Bell when he was with the Steelers, oh. man. That he was a dude. Like he was I mean, people kind of forget because of how that fell apart, but like he was a dude, man. I'd still say there's still like some dudes like that in the league. I think yeah. like Kamara, Saquon. I mean, I guess Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, when he's Derrick Henry had it a couple like a year ago. I mean, he was he's had a couple great seasons. But yeah, I mean that team's just so yeah. terrible now that can't watch it at all, pretty much. But I, I think though, um, Saquon Barkley is definitely kind of having that kind of season. I, I think this is his season as long as he can stay healthy. Um, that he really puts like his footprint down in the league as being an elite back, something like that. I think there's a, there's a boatload of like yeah. honorable mentions though. You know, like you talk about all the running backs, like no, like Tony Pollard, he's, like he's my goodness, is he fantastic. Like, well, yeah, he's a free agent too. That's not even like, a question. I don't, you know, I don't know but, what they're going to do with that. Cause like they, I, I think they're kind of stuck with that Elliot contract. Um, 
I but like if I'm keeping a guy, I'm keeping Pollard. That dude is is insane. Um yeah, no, you're right. There's there's honorable mentions. I think what what's so cool about the NFL is you can see it kind of change in between your like eyes. Like there's like a lot of teams also like starting to switch philosophies with offensive line where like the thing that the Bears were doing this year is kind of like front of the spectrum where they're like rotating guys in and out of that offensive line, kind of like a running back duo to get some, you know, you know, fresh legs, if you will, on the field. Um, it, it is cool to see, though, kind of like this season. I What I have to say is it's been very unique and a lot of good team like the NFC is wide, wide open right now, with the exception of maybe like the Eagles, like the Eagles have to be heavy, heavy favorites to win the NFC because like who else is even remote? Like I don't I would almost argue that like there's like a, most te- other teams in the NFC right now shouldn't even really be like considered playoff content- contenders, you know? Well, it's. It's the NFC East and everyone else at this point. I mean, obviously, minus the Commanders, but Philadelphia Cowboys are getting Dak back. That like they might actually be legit. Good. I like. I'd love to. I'd love to see us win that Dallas game, but there's no way we're gonna hold up against that pass rush. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't Justin Fields back there, if it didn't have to be like any Bears quarterback, obviously I don't want anyone injured, but. It's gonna be something to watch Michael. Yeah, seriously, the Bears man. offensive line. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, come on, brutal. That's literally be, brutal. It's gonna be a bad oh, season, dude. It's gonna be tough to watch. Honestly, it's gonna be it's gonna be like the Miles Garrett on the. And we can let's Browns take a minute to talk year, about dude. the Packers. Just how bad the Packers are, man. There's already Packers fans that want Jordan Love. Let me tell you, this Packers fans, you don't want to see Jordan Love. All right. That's just it. You don't want to see Jordan Love because once Jordan Love hits the field, people are getting fired along that organization. Like this is kind of what happens when you have a coach that was gifted a Hall of Fame talent at quarterback, great offensive line, great running back, and a Hall of Fame talent at wide receiver. Like it's easy to look good as a coach. Matt Nagy could have looked good as the Packers coach. Like it's not that difficult when you have that talent. But now when you start to see it, they don't no, use they don't. that. They don't. He's not. Back, he's. Though. I mean. I mean. Uh, AJ Dillon's kind of taken a step back this year, and uh, Aaron Jones hasn't been as good as of late. Um, and and they just abandon the running game immediately whenever they can. I think like this is just what happens when you start to see like your quarterback isn't playing at that MVP level anymore, and you know the wide receivers aren't as good, and the running game isn't as good, and and the offensive line has the slightest bit of not being as good. Like this Packers offense, I'm pretty sure has scored less than the Bears offense this year, which is, man, that is bad. That is really bad. Yeah, especially in the second half, it's been been bad for them. But yeah, wild year in the NFL. I mean, it's just been wildly unpredictable. The, this past week's noon slate was like, yeah. what's going on? Like, what am I watching? So. Man, seriously, keeps you on the juicy. All right, guys, um, but thank you again so much. Uh, we'll be more consistent uh, with it moving forward, especially now that we're having less issues technically, which is a whole less of a headache. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again so much for joining us. And uh, unless you have anything else to say, Reese, bear down. Bear down.